1: Hey, this is Imperfect Paradise from Alea Studios. I'm your host, Antonia Cerejido. Today we bring you part three of our series, The Castle. Last episode, we heard about how Carly's frustration with the Magic Castle reached a breaking point during the summer of 2020, when they called out the castle on Twitter and Facebook.
2: I think it was a combination of a lot of things where I felt like I had been really quiet and essentially complicit in some of this garbage for a while, and I hit a
1: breaking point. The murder of George Floyd and the castle's reaction to the protests opened a schism among members. And for Carly, it was actually a moment of hope. There's like this private Facebook group where like, of all these like progressive,
2: interesting people that are at the Magic Castle.
1: And just as Carly was becoming excited to be a part of change at the castle, two members took action to get Carly kicked out. This episode,
3: If other people are expressing that they feel uncomfortable in this space, I'm wondering how you grapple with that.
4: That, that is a dilemma because, you know, I have my perspective.
0: It feels like every time something happens, that kind of like a layer of brick gets put down, and eventually the wall gets so big that it's just not worth your time.
1: And the castle response.
5: I think the first 2021, what the, the vision was not clear. I was not really, like, impressed by the way we were doing things. And you know what? You don't want to implement bad ideas.
1: Here's LA's senior producer, Natalie Chudnovsky.
3: So, last episode, when we left Carly, they'd just gotten an email that two castle members had filed a grievance against them. We are
2: submitting this grievance on a member, Carly Usdin, who has shown disregard for our ethics and code of conduct.
3: The grievance claimed Carly publicly disparaged the castle and that given their, quote, obvious hate, unquote, Carly should be kicked out. The funny
2: thing about the Grievance and Ethics Committee is that you have to pay $50 every time you submit one of these. And if the findings of the committee are that they agree with you, you get your $50 back. And if they disagree with you, your $50 are gone forever. I'm a stubborn person, and when it comes to matters like this, I can be petty.
3: (laughs) And I wanted nothing more than for them to lose 50 bucks. The hearing was in a month. Carly would have to go up in front of this committee and make their case for why they should stay. And at that point, Carly did want to stay.
2: I was, for the first time in a while, excited about the Magic Castle because I had just found this group of people there that felt really allied with me. I'm hopeful that we're going to have a d committee. I'm hopeful that I'm going to get to remain a member so that I could potentially be
3: in the committee. So that made me want to fight back. So take me through the rocky montage of you prepping for <laughs> this hearing. Ta-da-na,
2: ta-da-na. So I start just gathering evidence. And I sat down and just
3: started writing the timeline of what happened. In a 12-page document, Carly responded to the grievances point by point. Have I maintained the highest
2: level of professional ethics? And do I enforce this standard within the Magic Castle associated venues, social media outlets, and electronic media forms at all times? First, I think we need to understand the concept of ethics. Ethics...
3: I mean, I thought it was very, like, lawyerly
2: written, you know? I, I totally put on my, like, lawyer hat, and I was like, I'm going to write a document, and I'm going to use big words. At the end of the letter, I say, If you don't do everything in your power to change the things you love to make them better, then how can you actually love those things? So long as I am a member, I am committed to making the AMA and the castle a place where all are welcome and all feel welcome.
3: After a month of prep... Carly sat down at their computer for the hearing. It was still the thick of the pandemic, so it was on Zoom. I set up my little laptop at my desk. I had my
2: PDF pulled up and I was like, all right, I'm ready. And then as the minutes are ticking away, as this is about to start, I get incredibly nervous. But I was propelled by my own pettiness, my own stubbornness and my hours and hours
3: of preparation. So I was like, here we go. In Carly's recollection, there are a dozen people on the call. There's an introduction, then one of the members who filed the grievance speaks. And then it was my turn. I start going
2: into it and like, what is ethics? And anyway, at some point they stopped me. And then they were like, we'll let you know our findings.
3: And that's all I remember of it. Did it kind of feel like a rhyming moment with your audition?
2: Holy shit. What a bookend. In retrospect, yeah, it was very similar. Like, there's this board and you have to impress them. I think at the end of it, I felt like I did my best. It's out of my hands. That even if I didn't get my verbal point across, I know at least they had to read that document. So at least they were kind of forced into hearing what I had to say that way.
3: This episode, the conclusion of Carly's story with the castle. The folks who had a different perspective on what happened and the consequences of 2020, what changed and what didn't. This is Imperfect Paradise, The Castle. I'm Natalie Janofsky.
0: The Las Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local, fact-based journalism.
3: This is Imperfect Paradise. I'm Natalie Janowski. While Carly's waiting for news about whether they'll be kicked out of the castle, the castle gets some news of its own when the LA Times publishes its big investigation in December 2020.
0: For decades, LA's iconic magic castle has been a private clubhouse for the Academy of Magical Arts, but some now say the beloved venue may not be quite what it appears to be. The Times spoke with 12 people about their allegations of sexual misconduct and discrimination.
3: In the investigation, a woman described getting called up by a performer who tried to touch her chest during the trick. A former cook said racial epithets were common in the kitchen. A waitress said she was sexually harassed and then fired when she complained. The article highlighted four different lawsuits from staff— And it was a big deal for the Magic Castle to get so much bad press, for such an exclusive, secretive club to have its dirty laundry aired, and also for its own members to share those stories. One of those members was Kayla Drescher. If you remember from last episode, she's the one who kept track of how women were booked at the castle and found they tended to get less prestigious slots. Carly watched this all unfold online. The... LA Times article was released.
2: And I sent an email to Kayla saying, happy LA Times article release day, how are you feeling,
3: how are things? I think I find out my AMA fate next week. But Carly would find out their membership fate the very next day. I got a phone call, I answered,
2: and I was told I could remain a member, but I was given a warning. Basically, the phone call was, like, a lecture in, like, not being
3: a little shit on social media. The members that filed the grievance would lose $50. Carly could stay at the Magic Castle. The Castle did take some action after the LA Times article. They sent me a long list, including an internal review, a new general manager that was hired a new human resources director position that got created, and that the board of directors, trustees, and staff had to do sensitivity and sexual harassment trainings. And then in May, after more than a year of being closed for COVID...
0: The magic castle is ready to reopen after it's been closed now for 14 months. The
3: castle reopened (laughs) with some changes. The staircase, where you could see up someone's skirt if you sat next to it, got some slats installed. And if you remember, the castle had three paintings of a white magician who performed under the persona Chung Ling Su. According to the LA Times, one of those paintings was removed, and a sign was added that acknowledged the ethical concerns of what he did, and also his contributions to magic. For some of the members I talked to, this was an example of the castle doing the right thing, finding the middle ground. Others felt it was a failure to meet the moment the much-anticipated Diversity and Inclusion D&I Committee started meeting. The Castle told me that of the 30 people interested, 20 were interviewed by the board and ultimately nine selected, including Kayla Drescher. Kayla says it was rough going, that a lot of time was spent trying to convince their own committee that there were problems and that ideas seemed to go nowhere. It
0: just felt a lot like we were... Bang our head up against the wall
3: and for nothing. So that first year of the committee, are you able to get anything through?
0: One of the things I wanted to do was rewrite the dress code so we could take you know specific gender-based clothing items out of the requirement and that happened. I personally rewrote the dress code so men can wear dresses and skirts, women can wear pants and suits and if you're neither of those things, you can wear whatever the hell you want but that was that was the only thing.
3: Then in 2022, there was a shakeup, an internal election, a new board of directors, and Kayla became the new head of the diversity and inclusion committee. It was a moment when she thought she could turn things around. She started by inviting new people to join, including a magician you met last episode, Paul Draper, and they got the ball rolling.
6: So the committee at first was meeting bimonthly, and we were working to define what we were and to bring that to the board.
0: We just started talking about more immediate goals, how to accomplish them, longer term goals.
6: We wanted to make specific months dedicated to issues, Black History Month, Women's History Month, pride and to bring awareness in the newsletters.
0: So we started working on stuff and I felt really good about it Um, and then unfortunately we kind of were going against the same ideals like, oh, thank you so much we'll like consider your ideas we'll think about it. And so it very quickly became well the fire from the LA Times article has died down do we really need to do any of this?
3: One of the big problems with the diversity committee, according to Kayla and Paul, was it never had any real power.
0: We were very specifically an advisory committee. So if we wanted to do anything, we had to get it approved by the board of directors. And therefore a lot of it was just making recommendations and then nothing would happen
3: because we couldn't actually do anything. Can you give me a specific example of that, like something you passed along to the board and they said, we'll take that on and then? Yeah, so I had
0: specifically requested that anybody that represents the castle,
3: any performer, any
0: teacher would have to be required to take the same sensitivity and sexual harassment training that staff is supposed to take. And the board said, great, we'll look into it. And then nothing ever happened.
3: To Kayla, this was important because she felt this kind of harassment and sensitivity training needed to happen to prevent incidents like the ones reported on in the LA Times. And that happened to her and Carly. So she was feeling increasingly frustrated. But she was going to get her chance to present to the board of directors in the fall of 2022. And it was rare to get the board's time. She and another committee member would get 20 minutes So Kayla decided to focus on a few concrete recommendations, including the one about harassment and sensitivity training. But Kayla says they didn't get to finish the presentation. They
0: started us about a half an hour, 40 minutes late. Um, I had sent a message saying I do have a roughly like a hard out. Um, As we approached that hard out, uh, I was like, okay, I I can give five more minutes here so we can finish this. Um, and instead of asking if I needed to leave, um, they just said, OK, thank you so much. We'll end it here.
3: When I asked the Magic Castle about Kayla's presentation, they said she did get her allotted 20 minutes. And I don't know what really happened that day. What I do know is that for Kayla, this experience was the final straw. After that board meeting, I sent an email and said, I'm good. I'm not really my membership.
0: I just flat out I just absolutely quit it feels like every time something happens whether it be a magic castle or in the industry that kind of like a layer of brick gets put down and for now you can just easily step over that layer of brick like oh somebody said um, little lady doesn't do magic and okay layer of brick gets laid down but for now I can just step right over it and eventually the, the layers get taller and taller and so it's now a wall and now you have to climb over it or somebody has to help you over it but eventually the wall gets so big that it's just not worth your time and so you quit. And that is what happened with me and my castle membership.
3: When I talked to some experts in the DNI space and shared what I learned about the committee, they said they've seen this in a lot of different organizations. Places that reactively formed DEI committees in 2020 and then neglected to support them. I wanted to pose some of these critiques to castle leadership, including the new general manager, Hervé Levy, who came to the castle in 2021 from a Meschevite Hills Tennis Club. Unlike the folks on the Diversity and Inclusion Committee, Hervé is a paid employee of the castle. He says he's been working to create a better culture, as well as clearer systems for people to report incidents. And I was curious to ask him about why the DNI Committee's proposals weren't implemented, specifically Kayla's push to require performers and members to do harassment and sensitivity trainings. I know that the committee was making recommendations in 2021. Why do you think it was difficult for them
1: to? Things- because I
5: think the first, the first 2021, what the, the vision was not clear. I know I was sitting in those board meetings, and even me being LGBT, I was, I was not really like impressed by the way we were doing things. It was not presented the right way. So yes, they were turned down because the ideas weren't that great, and you know what, you don't want to implement bad ideas.
3: Kayla said she wanted sensitivity training, not just for the staff, but also for members and performers so that there wasn't anything problematic that performers said during their patter. Was that something that you felt like that's not implementable?
5: You know, we are dealing with 2,500 magicians and are rotating 13 magicians a week here. Uh, So it is very complicated because not every magicians are members. Very complicated to do training for someone who's been here, you know, for only a week, we, we've been kind of like working with them on the phone, focus on the language they use, making sure that uh, they stay away from people, you know, and not touch people. So it's not formal training, but that's definitely like setting our expectation when we talk to them.
3: At this point in the interview, I was still having trouble understanding why a harassment training would be so hard to put into practice. And when I pressed Urbe, he seemed to change his answer. What I'm thinking is asking members or performers to do an extra sensitivity training, considering how much people want to be and perform at the castle. It doesn't seem like a big ask.
5: No, I agree with you. I agree with you. And that's that's definitely coming, for sure.
3: Is that kind of training something that you would like to see for members?
5: Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely.
3: When I checked in October 2023, a castle rep told me they still had not implemented a training for booked performers, but were working to roll one out in January 2024. And that despite Hervé's comments, quote, I don't believe we ever said we were going to require training for members, unquote. The castle rep also said that policies about appropriate behavior are clearly defined for members when they join, and, quote, reiterated from time to time in internal communications. Unquote. Last time I talked to Paul Draper in March of 2023, he was still on the DNI committee. He said it was slow going. For example, the committee wanted to get a spot in the monthly emailed newsletter so they could tell other members about their work and highlight lesser-known magicians. The first article was just an introduction
6: and it took 10 months of us meeting before we were able to make any sort of public statement. We are not a truck with an engine. We are one wheel on a radio flyer wagon squeaking a little bit in the distance, hoping someone will listen.
3: I also brought up the pace of change to our the general manager. You know, some folks have expressed that They hear the castle saying the right thing, but when it comes to actual change on the ground, things have been
5: too slow. Um, You know, changes never happen quickly enough, Uh, but we have to be mindful about everybody's opinion. So if you don't really be mindful about the the repercussion of the change you try to make, you might actually regretting that change in the future. So yes, it's gonna be slow process, uh, but we need to do it right.
3: Hervé said he was hopeful about the new DNI committee. For my part, I tried to contact all the DNI committee members that were around in Kayla's time. Besides Paul back in March, no one wanted to speak on the record. I also asked to interview the new head of the committee, the guy who replaced Kayla. He declined. I checked in with the castle one last time in October 2023 to see if any new DNI committee recommendations had been implemented. They had none to report. You're listening to Imperfect Paradise. We'll be back after the break. You're listening to Imperfect Paradise. I'm Natalie Chinovsky. I talked to a dozen former and current Magic Castle members for this story. I sought out folks from underrepresented backgrounds, and some had opinions and experiences very similar to the ones you've already heard about. Some, understandably, didn't want to speak on the record. As you know from Carly's situation, members aren't supposed to publicly disparage the castle. Some said they were afraid of the repercussions for their careers. And all of this informs who you are and aren't hearing from. But I would be misrepresenting the picture if I made it seem that everyone felt the way Carly and Kayla did. Because there were folks who felt differently. Hello, this is Georgia. Georgia Lyle was one of them.
4: My pronouns are she, her. I'm a retired physics teacher and a magician.
3: Like Carly, Georgia came to magic by way of the castle almost 10 years ago in her 50s when she went with her friend Barbara. Georgia remembers what she wore that night, a silver dress that went just below the knee.
4: I was just starting to explore my gender identity and, and basically I was living as male all the time getting dressed and going out to do various things. And when Barbara took me to the castle for the first time, I had not been going out very long. And so I was very self-conscious. I would go to a showroom and I would very intentionally go to the back row because I didn't want to get called upon. And the thing that struck me about it was that at the castle, everybody was very nice. Everybody treated me really well and nobody made a fuss over me.
3: Georgia started going to the castle with Barbara every couple weeks. And then one day, Barbara decided to buy an RV and hit the road.
4: And uh, it took me about 10 minutes after this happy news that realized that, wait a minute, if you're on the road, how do I get into the Magic Castle? Because I wasn't a member at the time. And Barbara said, I guess you're going to take lessons. (laughs) And so, indeed I did.
3: Fast forward six months, Georgia auditioned and got in.
4: One of the things was that my Magic Castle membership card was the very first piece of ID that had my correct name on it.
3: (laughs) Oh, wow. So it said Georgia.
4: It said Georgia on it, yeah. After a while, I made a, I think, a developmental point of saying, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to learn to interact with everybody. And so I started to intentionally come forward, sit at a table, and do magic for other people.
3: Georgia is really visibly involved at the castle now. Performing, teaching, giving tours. And it really struck me just how different her experience was from Carly's. Because for Georgia, the castle represented acceptance.
4: Is there a problem with people being uncomfortable and hit upon in the club? Um, There may be. I don't experience it myself. I find that I have never been treated badly at all by anybody in the club. So my feeling as a trans woman is that the club provided me the experience that I wanted, which was basically the ability to be myself. And I'm respected because of the things I do. I am respected because I do magic. So, you know, it makes me feel very good that I've managed to, uh, to get through a lot of my own demons and learn how to be a better person and be a good performer.
3: In 2020, Georgia watched what went down on the members-only Facebook page.
4: There was a faction that was leaning to the right, and there was another faction that was leaning to the left and to the board of directors credit they immediately turned around and you know corrected the perception that we were being favorable to one side or the other
3: Georgia wasn't alone in feeling that the castle owned up to its issues in 2020
4: in a very short time the magic castle management did a very good job of addressing these issues and creating a safer space for people who in the past felt uncomfortable.
3: That's Michael Gutenplan, a castle member and mentalist.
4: I personally have never had problems with homophobia or being discriminated against because I'm gay in the magic world. But I think the older members of our magic world sometimes need a reminder that the world has changed. I feel that there are people that want the world to
0: instantly
4: Change for their betterment. And, it, and I wish it would. But the truth is, change takes
3: time. I've been thinking about how when I asked Michael and Georgia and some other members about issues at the castle, they all brought up that they had not personally had bad experiences. And I was trying to square that with some of the less savory stories that I'd heard. I ended up telling Georgia about Carly. Of course, you know, your experience is yours and valid. But also if other people are expressing that they feel uncomfortable in this space and they feel like it hasn't been receptive to them. I'm wondering how you grapple with that.
4: Um. That That is a dilemma because, you know, I have my perspective, but it's the perspective of somebody who's older and, you know, I'm imposing. So I think there's a lot of people who would not do things with me that they might do with somebody who's younger and more attractive. I think most people who are or were members of the Magic Castle had a fairly major investment in becoming a member. You don't do it lightly. And, um, you know, so if they are... If they're feeling uncomfortable, that definitely needs examination.
3: If you're wondering where Carly's been the last two years of this story, Why they weren't on the D&I committee with Kayla? Well, back in 2020, around the time Carly found out they could stay at the castle, they also got some inside news about the diversity committee. You already had a sense that you wouldn't be on the DNI committee? Right, because
2: Kayla was on the committee. And while I had not received an official email yet, from talking to her, I knew that the committee was kind of already going. Like, things were already happening, and I'm not going to be invited
3: to join. This was before Kayla took over the committee as chair. Kayla told me she didn't understand why Carly couldn't join. Carly was never given a reason either, never found out what criteria they did or didn't meet. All they knew was they were done. I had kind of made my own mind
2: up of like, if I'm not in this committee, then I won't be a member. That was sort of my, the deal I made with myself. The only thing that was going to keep me in was if I knew I had a place to be heard. You know, my pettiness was, (laughs) was satisfied and like those guys didn't get me kicked out, but now I'm going to leave. How did you feel? Uh, Sad. I was really sad because, you know, you can talk a big game. You can like go into this meeting and defend yourself with your 12 page PDF and you can like post obnoxious things on a Facebook page. But when it comes down to it, to actually relinquishing your membership and being like, I'm done. It sucks. (laughs) And I had to grieve that.
3: At the beginning of 2021, Carly chose not to pay the annual dues, effectively ending their Castle membership. Do you win by walking away?
2: I think I win in that I don't have to deal with this anymore. I don't have to have that, like, ethical conflict of, why am I supporting this place? And like, sure, this is a place for magic. This is not a place for politics. But it's also like any space I enter, the people there and me, all we all have to reckon with who I'm perceived as, who I am. And the thing that I think became very clear to me over the last few years is that I can't, I won't, I'm not going to go
3: along with anything anymore. For Carly, not getting on the DNI committee, not having their voice heard, that's why they left the castle. For Kayla, it was the brick wall that got too high. And as I've been talking to other castle members and leadership, I've been thinking about how the institution could take the experiences of those like Kayla and Carly seriously. How members can take them seriously, even if they haven't had those experiences themselves. And the other thing I've been thinking about, what change looks like. What it means for an institution to really do better if the people who had the worst experiences ended up leaving. Hello, this is Kayla. Hey, Kayla, this is Natalie. I caught up with Kayla. She told me about how she's living in Chicago now and this new place where she's performing, the Chicago Magic Lounge, and how she loves it for all the ways it's different from the castle.
0: In the green room, there are posted signs everywhere that tell you what to do if you want to report bad behavior. There's a team meeting every single day that reminds people to use non binary, gender inclusive language as a performer. Then, when something does happen, like we had a drunk guest who got a little bit handsy, and that guest was asked to leave.
3: Kayla's found a different, more progressive magic community somewhere else. And for Carly, it's been three years since they've left the castle. I visited them and their dog. Waffles. Yeah, so this look like waffles? and ask them to show me some props from their Magic Castle days. Oh,
2: magic stuff. It says magic on it. <laughs>
3: nice. I like labeling things. Let's see. What is in here?
2: Uh, some pieces of rope, which are fun for rope tricks. Some sponge rabbits for a bunny trick. A white handkerchief. If you're a magician, you might need to cover what you're doing. Ah, an empty Ziploc.
3: Incredible. Why am I keeping these items? Carly and I spent about an hour sorting through the magic stuff, laying everything out on the living room table, each item prompting a new story or memory. So there's
2: 26 decks of cards just in these two
3: boxes. Wow.
2: Oh, this is making me want to do magics again.
3: Do you feel like the negative associations you had with magic because of the castle have kind of faded?
2: I mean, I'm not really part of that world anymore. I think enough time has passed. I have enough space between me and that world where it's not that I don't remember <laughs> the negative things and I don't think about them, but I, I think I'm sort of feeling maybe nostalgia or something right now.
3: <laughs> what are you thinking about?
2: Um, that I miss doing this a little bit. That when I go to put all this away later, I'll maybe leave one deck out. That's what I'm thinking right now, that I should probably leave a deck out
3: and just kind of start doing it again because it's so much fun.
1: That's Natalie Chudnovsky, Elias senior producer. And that was the end of Carly's story, but we have one more episode in this series, one that I think will provide a lot of really fascinating context about diversity, equity, and inclusion with expert Amber Johnson.
0: Do you have a desire for radical transformation or do you want to say, hey, we had an expert come in and now we're all good. And most institutions, they want the latter
1: as well as how the gender dynamics that play out on and off stage in magic are informed by its history. I'll be talking with magic historian Margaret Steele. In a magic performance,
2: you have the magician who's the power player and
0: the one in the spotlight, and then you have the assistant, and the weaker and less
2: intelligent that person seems to be, the more powerful the magician seems to be.
1: Join me next time for the final part of Imperfect Paradise, The Castle. Listen to new episodes of the podcast every Wednesday, or tune in on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. on Elias 89.3 or Elias.com. In Perfect Paradise, the castle is reported, written, produced, and sound designed by Elias. Senior producer Natalie Chudnovsky. I'm the show's host, Antonia Cerejido. Catherine Mailhouse is the executive producer of the show and our director of content development. Shana Naomi Crocmail is our vice president of podcasts. Additional production by Marina Peña. Jens Campbell is our production coordinator. Editing by Audrey Quinn. Fact checking by Caitlin Antonios. Our theme was composed by E. Scott Kelly, who is also our engineer. The Imperfect Paradise team also includes Emily Guerin and Emma Alabaster. Thank you to Kristen Muller, Megan Garvey, and Tony Marcano. Imperfect Paradise is a production of LA Studios. This podcast is powered by listeners like you, donating as little as $5 a month. And we can only keep making more episodes like this one with your partnership. Support the show by donating now at las.com slash join. This podcast is supported by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. LAS Studios operates within the homelands of the Gabrielino Tongva people. We recognize the painful history of displacement, settler colonialism, and erasure of the people, their language, and their sovereignty. Visit las.com slash land for more information we encourage you to get curious about the land on which you live and work.